Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And I'm Leah Bross. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is re-watching the film and the other is seeing it for the first time. And this week, dun, 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 we watched This is Spinal Tap, which was my pick. And uh, in honor of some of the most amazing music ever written and ever performed on stage, I would like to begin this episode by reading a few uh, of lines from Big Bottom. Oh, a poetry reading. Delightful. All right, uh, here we go. The bigger the cushion, the sweeter the pushin'. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. The looser the waistband, mm-hmm. the deeper the quicksand. Yeah. Or so I've read. Oh, yeah. My baby fits me mm-hmm. like a flesh tuxedo. Yeah. I love to sink her with my pink torpedo. Yeah. Big bottom. Big bottom. Talk about bum cakes. My gal's got them. Big bottom. Drive me out of my mind. How can I leave this behind? Mm. So, uh. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> just wanted to start off with that um anyway spinal tap this is spinal tap yeah probably one of my favorite comedy movies of all time um this is something i can't remember the exact first time i saw it i'm almost 100 percent positive that it was after college um so i was out in the world being an adult and i I really wish I could say the first time I saw it, and I don't know why. Um, but, but you knew about it long before I, that. I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I feel, oh, really? I feel like it was something that maybe my husband at the time, Jim, found out about, and he's like, we need to watch this because everybody says it's amazing. Oh, because I feel like I grew up with it even though I had never actually seen it. Like, I knew I, about it. I can't I even remember the first I time I, I feel like if I did, when I did know about it was the first time that okay. I saw it. So, um I feel like the and I, the first time I saw it, I think I was a little bit dumbfounded. I was just kind of. I also probably should say I don't know that I actually saw a real documentary before I ever saw this movie. I'm sorry, because um, <laughs> you just stated you were in college. Uh, yeah. Well, after college, right? So I mean, you hadn't seen a documentary. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe like a some stupid crap that they would have shown me in like history class. I don't know. Yeah. I think the closest thing I ever saw, uh, the closest thing to a documentary that I would have seen in high school was maybe like Bridge on the River Kwai and that's not even a documentary. That's not a documentary. That's a movie. It's a really boring movie. Um, well, I mean, it's... A... <laughs> it's a really boring movie. I was movie. like deep into Ken Burns when I was still in element or middle school. Yeah. Oh, good Like Lord. when I was in middle school, I was worshiping Ken Burns. This is... Our upbringings could not have been more <laughs> different. So anyway, I... Um, 
when watching this, I knew it wasn't real, but I think I just, I was taking it all in the first time. I knew that it was funny, but it was one of those things where I had to think about it before. So like the scene where they're, where they both have cold sores on their faces. Yeah. Like in that moment, I was like, damn, this is funny. But I was also thinking like, is this re-? like, you're just having that kind of, cause again, I hadn't seen a lot of documentaries or hadn't seen any documentaries and I'm watching this and I'm going, this just so blew my mind. The you jumped. Blew my mind. You jumped straight from no documentaries into mockumentary yeah. <laughs> territory. Mind blown. Um, also, I'm a really big fan of rock music, and I grew up in a place where we had two rock stations. One was classic rock, and one was like more like current rock. And I'm like, you know, in high school and college, I was really into Def Leppard. I saw them play at the state fair in Sedalia. Big fan. Wow. Um, but I, you know, Def Leppard, Poison, Warrant, Queensryche, um, I like Rush. Um, I was never a huge fan of Kiss. I loved Ozzy Osbourne. So I'm watching this band play, and I'm getting all of this the same vibe that mm-hmm. I get from watching these really goofy, funny. Um, they're not goofy and funny, but um, all these band hair bands. Hair bands are inherently there is a little bit. So right. So we went to see Steel Panther a few weeks ago in December, <laughs> yeah. and we had a really good time. Yeah. And they do a really good job of kind of spoofing the the whole hair band thing. Yeah, and, and similar to Spinal Tap, like mm-hmm. they're they're talented. They're, they're so talented. Good musicians. Yes, they're amazing. It's just the lyrics are obviously ridiculous. What was and, your you favorite know. song? Um, Steel Panther. Wh- what was it? What was it? It was a uh, something about fuck go fuck you. yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I had never heard any of their stuff before we went to the concert, and then they just started screaming, go fuck yourself, and I was like, <laughs> you're here for it. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. So, yeah. And the other thing, so after I had seen it a couple of times, because this was, we, I think we bought it, and then it was one of those movies where it's like, you have people over and you put it on, because you, Jim was always like, everybody needs to see this, so we got to put it on so everybody can see it. So people are over. It's so funny to me, because I feel like throughout my whole life, I have always felt like I was just the one person who hadn't seen it. Like, it hmm. seems like everybody I know has seen it. He must have it. missed that stage where he was making everybody watch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. But he was just so, like, and, and so it would be on, and you'd, you know, have it on in the background. And the other thing that really, st- aside from the lines, there are so many lines in this movie that I, to this day, I will quote. Um, I, of course, the, there's the ubiquitous, these go to 11, this one sure, goes to 11. Goes to 11. Um, I'm just as God made me. I will, I say that a lot. Um, play Stonehenge. That's one of my favorite things to yell at any show that I might be at. And well, I usually just, get a good crowd reaction when I do it. That's kind of annoying, but... Um, no, it's funny. I mean, but, to but you. the music also sticks with me. There are definitely lyrics from songs. That, like, like they'll just get caught in my head. Big Bottom gets stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, Stonehenge gets stuck in my head. Sex Farm gets stuck in my head. Like, just little snippets. I mean, Stonehenge... So, like, when I said, obviously, I haven't hadn't mm-hmm. seen the movie, but... Man, I know that song and know it well just from how many years of it being played somewhere or somebody yeah. playing it somewhere. So, yeah. So, I appreciated it. I appreciated it real quick. And even watching it again last night, there are so many things about it that I just, there's so many different layers to it that they improved so much of it. Um, it's That's fun what they're to, known for. It's kind of fun to see them see if they're going to break. I mean, there are definitely moments where you see them kind of smiling and you're wondering, like, are they just laughing at what he's saying right mm-hmm. now or are they smiling, like, in character? Um, and so- it doesn't really matter. That's what I love about their, so many of their movies, so many Christopher Guest things. that it, mm-hmm. Even the even when they break, they don't break. This isn't like yeah. a Jimmy Fallon on Saturday Night Live kind of thing <laughs> right. where he or just Pete can't Davidson. keep it together. Right. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. No, this is 
even if they break out of character slightly, they still manage to keep it all in character. Yes. It still yes. always works. And Christopher Guest, I don't think I had, before I saw this, I maybe, I, I so I obviously had seen, I, not obviously, I had seen The Princess Bride before I saw this movie. That guy is a fucking chameleon because I didn't realize oh, yeah. that, they, that he was the six-fingered man and Nigel Tufnell until later. And then I was like, holy shit, that's him. He's incredible. He's such a talent. And I've never seen Waiting for Guffman. Um, I've seen Best in Show. Yeah, Mighty Wind. I haven't seen The Mighty Wind. Oh my god, it's so good. No. Um, have you seen Waiting for Guffman? I had a lot no, of theater I friends haven't. who were that's obsessed when, with that movie. That's one that my dad has told me over and over again I need to see, and I just haven't. Mm-hmm. I and pro- I do think I've always thought I would like it, much like Spinal Tap, yeah. one of those that I've always heard about, always thought I would like, and just mm-hmm. never actually sat down and watched. I think I probably knew... What's McKean? What's his first name? Michael. Michael, Michael McKean. McKean. I think I probably knew him the most. He's been in a lot more yeah. stuff. Yeah. Having seen this, but um, and and Fran Drescher, Fran Drescher from the Nanny. Yeah. That's how I knew her, and she. Yeah. I idolized her in this movie. I'm like, I want to be her. I want to be Bobby Fleckman. Okay. Yeah, I want to be that kind of like badass record company person who's like bossing people around. Like, where's my photographer at? Christine, is that your name? <laughs> Get over here. I love that she calls her Christine first and then after. It's like, Christine, that's that's your name. The description of, and we'll talk more about it, I'm sure, but the descript, her description of the of album them. cover. with uh, Yes. So, um, I love later when they're talking about, like, the other band's album cover, too, and how it had, but it was... But it was a man being abused. And I think that was the difference. Oh, oh, <laughs> like the, see, that's, they're so stupid. That's a really so subtle difference, stupid. I guess. Yes, yes. They're <laughs> Could so go stupid. either way. What was that? What did they say? It was, um, it's such a fine line between, between stupid and clever. It's, yeah. Yes. Cle- no, uh, clever and. Um, it's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yeah. Not stupid and clever. Like clever. Oh, no, that is it. Yes. Yeah. Stupid <laughs> and clever. Yeah. But. So anyway, yeah. I defining characteristic of movies like this. So I get. I guess my f- question for you is, did it meet your expectations? Because you've heard about this most of your life, mm-hmm. and going in, I was like, I'm so excited. So were you? Do you feel like it? As I was watching it last night, I was like, Oh, I hope Lindsay likes it. Oh, I hope she likes it. Yeah, I definitely liked it. Okay, yeah. and I figured I would. Again, I've seen bits and pieces of it over time, and have had. You know, you sit down. Okay, well, you probably don't know because apparently you don't watch documentaries and things. But not that much. No. It's been in other documentaries or interviews with people where they talk about you know the most influential movies or their favorite movies or things there like that, and then little clips are shown here and there. So I've known about it. So it was kind of nice to actually really get to know the band. You know that I <laughs> that I feel like they're I've a been real, they're a real introduced band. to in bits and pieces over time. They're a real band. Um, yeah, they are. Ninety. They're. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just gonna say it's the the small little lines that uh, that got me. It, that and then that's kind of always the case with any. In the same with like a mighty wind. The same with best in show. It's mm-hmm. those tiny little lines that are just almost throwaways. Um, you can't really dust for vomit. You can't dust for vomit. My yes. absolute favorite. I <laughs> and when really he says, anything Nigel says. When he says um, later, the manager Ian was it Ian? Ian? Yeah, Ian. Faith. And he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, they canceled Boston, but don't worry, it's not, not really a really big college town. town. I knew you would love that. I knew it. Well, like not. So um, I just open up the IMDb quotes. It's like, how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None, none more, more black. black. <laughs> yeah, or even just the whole eleven, which of course I had heard a million times before. Mm-hmm. But every little point in there, when he's like, "Oh, so it's louder than a regular one?" Oh, yes. Well, it's one louder. It's, <laughs> it's one, one louder. It's one louder. It's one louder. Like, it's just the best. It's just the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, talking about the drummers dying, mm-hmm. and it's an unfortunate gardening, ac- gardening accident, but we we decided some things are best, best left unsolved. Or you said best leave it unsolved. Yeah, but got the the thing because I laughed out loud quite a bit when I was rewatching it again last night. The part of it that I and I got to read this because it's so good. Um, when they when they start when Marnie starts reading to them reviews that have been written about their albums. So first, <laughs> like the shit sandwich, first you yeah. get, yes, shark, was a shark sandwich, just one, and they're like, yeah. that isn't real. I know, they I love the expressions that. on their faces where it just kind of, they look dumbfounded for a second and then it's, oh no, that's not, that's Cause, not real. Cause the album names are like the first punch of the joke, right? Yeah. So like the intravenous to Milo, but I gotta read this. This tasteless cover is a good indication of the lack of musical invention within. The musical growth rate of this band cannot even be charted. They are treading water in a sea of retarded sexuality and bad poetry. That is maybe one of the greatest lines ever spoken in a movie. It's a bit nitpicky, wouldn't you say? (laughs) That's nitpicky, isn't it? I love it. It's so good. Any of that stuff. And that had that somebody wrote that review and then they read but then their reactions to it i mean there's kind of smiling but god it's so good so yeah i i'm glad you liked it then yeah um, yeah so were there any scenes in particular or things that really stuck out to you um i uh, <laughs> i think some of the some of the ones that you know obviously are kind of the most well known like the amp going to 11 mm-hmm. um stonehenge just because i know the song anyway but i had never really seen the entire scene and i didn't see uh the dwarfs coming out <laughs> and dancing around and almost tripping on um did did you catch when he wrote it down that he wrote 18 inches because the first time i watched it i didn't catch that, that no he wrote 18 inches not until not until she showed until it she later yeah angela Houston yeah up. i know yeah did you like um like Billy Crystal and Dana Carvey. As well, I didn't recognize waiters. them at you all. Didn't? No, and I think it was just because I wasn't really paying much attention. And then I saw later that they were in it, and I was like, "What? Where? Oh, they were the mimes." <laughs> I mean, I rec- I saw that there were mimes, and I thought yes. that was kind of funny. But Mime yeah, I didn't money. really didn't really <laughs> notice. Yeah. Um, I did note the Janine. That was her name, right? Janine, the yeah. woman, the wife. Not really a wife. I don't whatever know who, she is. What the fuck? He the said that she wasn't a wife. Right. Who's into to astrology? She's making the rest of us who are into astrology look bad. First of all, her hair is fucking amazing. It is. Yes. I'm hair ready wins. to get those bangs back. <laughs> I don't know if I can ever get those bangs back. I had them. I had yeah. them for a while, but um, love her hair. And I, the whole time, I was like, I know her. Like I know, I know her. She is from V, which is my all time shut the front door favorite miniseries. Ever. I didn't know she was in V. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of V. I, I definitely have some recollections of, like, people peeling their skin suits off. Yeah, and, they were, like, a, a reptilian alien species. Right, and then they would eat, like, the woman's jaw would unhinge and she'd eat an entire guinea pig whole. And, yeah, and they oh would eat God. mice and stuff? They would, exactly, that's what yeah. they were supposed to eat. They actually came to Earth for the water, I believe. But oh, they really? would feast upon our rodentia. That was how what they ate. So It was so good. Who was she in that, then? She was one of the aliens. Really? Yeah. Like one of the bigger ones or like one of the more popular? Or the... I mean, I recognized her from it. It's crazy. I, I Yeah, I've only, I mean, I've, I certainly didn't recognize her from anything. So. Yeah, that was that was it. I couldn't I couldn't place her. And then I looked her up and I was like, that's her! <laughs> this is very exciting. Um, other scenes. Man, it kind of all flowed together. I definitely, I definitely enjoyed just the interview scenes. Just mm-hmm. watching 
Rob Reiner asked some questions and let them kind of rift. I think that was the best for me. I wonder, so I, it sounds like they had lots and lots of footage of, and it was all improv. Most of it was improv. And yeah, then some they, of it from the initial reel they used later. Yeah. And, and then yeah. when they cut it all together, it was like, okay, this is, this is the story. Um, I feel like the thing, another thing that really stuck out to me this time around was the relationship between Nigel and David, mm-hmm. Nigel Tufnell and David St. Hubbins. St. Hubbins, what an odd name. <laughs> was it A lesser known footwear? saint. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when you watch them together and and Marty asked them, what's your, what was the first song you wrote together? And they're just kind of doing that old like, oh, wow, wow. I oh, have to go man, I need a lot of black coffee to come up with I don't know if this. I can even remember. Yeah. And then they do this great little bit of them singing. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And that, the, the story is really the story of, I mean, yeah, it's the story of the band. But it's the story of their relationship, right? They're the only real constants in the band, too. Yeah. After what were there, thirty-seven members over the years? Oh, I feel like uh, Derek Smalls is a constant. I yeah, I guess, but he was always fading into the background anyway. Yeah. He was just kind of there. The, the pod his... scene, I've seen that before too. When he was stuck <laughs> he in the pod, in the pod, but I had never seen it all the way through to see that he was like trapped the entire <laughs> time. That was that was pretty good. That there were so many yeah good moments of them on stage together as a group the three of them but yes nigel and david any of the weird shit that nigel does like when he leans all the way back onto the ground and then one of the rings has to come out, spin him around and lift him up and he's still like rocking and rolling and i love that the cleft of his chin is out like extra dark because they've make it made it up so that it really is defined on stage i love it this scene he's hot of my other it is he, he was hot christopher guest yeah. never looked better Fucking a. never looked better um you know he's married to jamie lee curtis no yeah really how did yes. i not know that i i always i forget it i forget it i don't feel like, like i ever knew on that. his wikipedia last night i'm like yes i knew this yes huh. so crazy yeah hollywood power i bet they're a great couple i bet to hang out like i would love to have a dinner party with them. i don't know i've heard that guest is a little bit of a prick in reality i'm a little bit of a prick in reality let's get together <laughs> But you're fun to hang out with. I mean that he's not actually fun to hang out with. Okay, then his wife and I can just sit around and like make fun of him while he's in the other room. And Halloween and I mean I got gut problems too. Like yeah, let's talk it out. Let's let's talk, Jamie Lee. We want you. We want you on the show. That's right. Um. So yeah, I think the like Nigel. He's such a bumbling idiot he's not an idiot he's a little confused he's an idiot he is not an the end when he's talking asking him <laughs> what he would be doing and he's like i don't know maybe i'd be working in a, a store like some sort of haberdashery the best part is when he says what size do you wear and he gives him the size and then as he's talking he interrupts him with do you like black <laughs> what the fuck he's an idiot do you think i could do that i feel like i think he i could do that he always has this dumb look on his face but his t-shirt game is so strong i want all of his t-shirts oh my God. the ribs and the this and then is exactly how i look like on the inside yeah but not green right well no it's like the your blood <laughs> looks blue it's <laughs> but no maybe it isn't no maybe it no, maybe isn't not green. I don't know. it's this an is... exact replica of what's inside of me right now the other bit with him that i always really just love the most was when he gets all upset about that stupid deli tray. <gasps> yes, <laughs> I like did forget about that. He's folding the bread and he's folding the meat. He's like, well, he's why just... don't you just fold the meat and then it fits perfectly on the bread? But then look, I, I fold, fold the bread the and the bread breaks. And he's not wrong. That kind of bread does break really easily. <laughs> it's then, very true. And then he's like holding up the olives like, look, look, nothing. And they're like, oh, hello, there's a little guy in here. He's just were those, <laughs> those were like half-eaten Oreos too, right? Yes, they were yes. just broken open. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. <laughs> just and the so and like, then I read about that, and it was because oh, who was it? Some hair band, somebody 
uh, demanded yeah, they that. They wanted the brown M&Ms They wanted removed. the brown M&Ms removed. The brown M&Ms are the best. <laughs> oh, are you like oh. Matthew McConaughey's character from The Wedding Planner now? I don't know. Did he say the brown M&Ms were the he best? Because they are. He only eats the brown guys and sidebar into The Wedding Planner, which I have seen way too many fucking times. Have I you mean, seen this movie? Yeah, I've seen it. Right. With J-Lo and Matthew right. McConaughey. And um, why, why McConaughey, why? I don't, well, I mean. What was. For the money, I guess? I don't know. For a while there, he was doing all of those. Like, uh. 10 Things I Hate About You. No, was that, that was not McConaughey. It was the whole, but it was within like the mid to late 90s. It was all of those movies all at the same time. So it was all of them. No, I'm sorry, not 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, Fuck, you know. Oh, How to Lose a Guy, How to lose a guy in 10 Days. Yeah, you know, the other 10 I've also movies. seen that movie too many times. But it's that one I liked. The Wedding Planner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a good movie. So in that, in the movie, The Wedding Planner, he eats only the brown M&Ms because... They probably, he says, there must not be any artificial color in them. Right, they're, they're more brown. natural. They, for a long time, had tan M&Ms, too, and those were actually my favorite. I remember that, Because yeah. I remember going over to my nanny and pop's house, and they had a little container of M&Ms, and I would pick out all the tan ones and all the brown ones. Weirdo. Are you a peanut or a plain, or do you have enough? These, I do not believe in peanut M&Ms. They're gross. There are way too many types of M&Ms out in the world now. Crispy and yeah. caramel and I'm honestly, and, I don't love M&Ms. They're a very... Plain, I'll select an M&M ordinary for, I'll go with M&Ms. food. I'm not saying that I won't eat them, but I feel I'm like not huge fan. they're the perfect party food. You put them out during a party, and oh, I always get them. the dark chocolate ones, which are dark the chocolate delicious. in general is better. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Anyway, M&M sidebar. Yeah. But yes. So there was a band that said take out all the brown. Right. Yeah. Like and that you hear about all story. the ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And like some of the things, some of the things that happened on stage, like uh, the Stonehenge bit was supposed to be based on something that like Black Sabbath had done. Yeah. With a, a song that they had done, but um. But yeah, I, if, so like the main kind of arc is that they've got these two. So the the big, there are two tensions. One, David and Nigel's relationship is keeping this band together. And Janine shows up and she's going to ruin it. And then the other is that fucking they are. Yoko. Hmm? I said a fucking Yoko. She is. She's the Yoko. And, uh, and, the, and then, well, of course, they've got this. This manager who just explains everything away. The whole He's Boston the best, isn't though. really a college town. Oh my and, gosh. And then you've also got that they aren't successful right now. That they are struggling to get back out there. And they like when they when uh, I think it's after David gets off the phone with Janine and uh, Derek walks in. He's like, "You guys, your old stuff's playing on the radio." Yeah. And it's like they're in the where are you now are where are they now file. And they all kind of get these looks on their faces. So there's or they run into um, what's his face, this other hairband guy, Duke. Yeah. <gasps> WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> I was so excited when I saw him too. So excited. Is it Hessman? They're, Howard Hessman? Yeah. yeah. Or turkeys falling from the sky. <laughs> like, did you watch WKRP? No. Oh my god, Leah, it's so good. So when I know him, when I think of that guy, and when I oh, this movie that it was a made-for-TV movie that came out in the '90s, and it's called like I looked it up on IMDb last night. It's called like Quiet Killer or something like that. It's about the plague comes back. And people the, are getting infected with Black it. Plague. The Black Plague. Yeah, in New York City. And it, oh. that movie kind of scared me. So, And he's he's in that movie. So oh. that's who I think. But I did never watch WKRP. It is legit a great show. <laughs> um, yeah. You should. And honestly, it, it still holds up. Like, it's obviously very, very dated. But mm-hmm. some of the humor in it for sure Pretty still good. holds up. Did you ever watch News Radio? Mm-mm. News Wait, Radio always kind of reminded me of WKRP. Who's in that one? um kevin nealon it was where that really annoying little man got his start it could be anybody andy andy dick yeah andy dick um i mean mostly i associate kevin nealon with it this is the really annoying redhead 
woman. Oh my god, that could be anybody. No, no, the really annoying redheaded woman. No, uh, could yeah, be well, anyone. she was in it. Okay. Um, I can't. It was the nineties. I, I mean, I definitely know that. What was the one? The one where they're running a magazine. Just shoot me. Yes. Yeah. That's one that I watched. Who that was, was in great. that one? San Giacomo. Yeah. Who's the guy? Uh, the older gentleman David who I love. David Spade was in David it. David Spade. Enrico Colatoni. That was actually on in Australia. Like, I watched several episodes of it in the <laughs> hotels. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. But. Well, what was the one you were just talking about with the annoying redhead? News Radio. News Radio. We'll find her. We're going to get you. Jesus. <laughs> oh, here it is. Dave Foley. Dave, Dave Foley. Foley. Yeah, Dave Foley yeah. was like the main guy. The annoying redhead. Was it? Oh, Vicky Lewis. Yeah. Okay. Mara Tierney. Tierney was in this yeah. too. Fucking anyway, that Joe always kind Rogan of reminded me. Yes. Joe yeah. Rogan's getting a lot of action like out in the world. I he was just like the idiot. Shocking, I know. But he Maybe was I shouldn't idiot. trash talk another podcast, but I don't like Joe Rogan. Oh, I don't either. I think if he's I a fucking get tool. If I want to yelled at, I'll get parents. He's a serious fucking tool. That's yeah. just all he is. Everybody loves him though. Complete so. and total douche tard. You know, love who you want to love people, but I don't like him. Yeah, you can love who you want to love, but guess what? I'm going to judge you the fuck for it because you're a fucking idiot. No offense. So, yeah. Anyway, not to so, alienate yeah, people. Not to alienate people because we love you all. And we, like, I you love know, you all. Lindsay doesn't like you if you like Joe Rogan, though. I, yeah. Here's the thing <laughs> there's only so much love in my heart. I can't love all of you. I don't even know most of you. <laughs> the, the, and honestly, some of the ones listening who I do know, guess what? Some of you I don't love. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. You probably know anyway. We'll edit that out you later. Know. You know who you are. <laughs> so yeah. So so you've got this tension of like it's not they're not they they feel like they're fading away and shows are getting right. canceled. They have an incompetent manager. Janine shows up to quote unquote save the day mm-hmm. and her great idea make charts. The make fuck? astrological charts, which respect. And what if she, <laughs> at one point she says the band is a Virgo. Yeah. And that's she wasn't the most making... intelligent sign. And I'm like, yeah, here for it. Virgos for the win. You would be. <laughs> and But did you see the costume for the for Nigel, who is a Capricorn? No. Or I didn't pay attention to it. Oh, yeah. Not. Like, so the drawings that she makes, because Nigel's a Capricorn, I'm like, nice. That's good. But it's ridiculous. Her ideas are ridiculous. True. And then they end up on this base, and they're supposed to be playing for this. Yeah. And then he has interference on his wireless, which we see earlier, and then he just walks off. Yep. And then it's and that's kind of it, right? They're they're done. Um but that end when he shows back up and they have their moment of like their you know, their little talk and he's like, Well, we're really popular in Japan and I was like, Is this like a cheap trick thing? Because I think cheap trick was really, really popular, I wanna say in Japan for a while. Maybe. Um and then and then that moment where they're like out there playing and then he shows and he comes and like David kind of gestures mm-hmm. and come back on stage. It's just the, the movie is a mockumentary. It could be, it is in many ways ridiculous, but their relationship felt real. Sure. And that, I think, is why it's so good. Can I share something with you? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Yes. For the longest time, I've been really afraid of spontaneous human combustion. Oh, Jesus Christ. I remember watching uh, Unsolved Mysteries when I was quite young. I remember in particular a photograph, older photograph of an individual who had perished and all that was left of him in bed was a pile of ashes and his leg. And I will never forget that. And I have been terrified ever since of spontaneously combusting. And the fear has been somewhat buried over the years. Is it bad? But there are still moments when I feel hot 
say, or, <laughs> or, or flustered, perhaps, where I think to myself, oh, God, this could be it. It could be happening. <laughs> I had never thought that uh, it would happen in like a weird green flame and that just a green Little stain green. <laughs> would be left. Um, but I just thought I would share that with you. So that that uh, is that that is a, you a know, real fear. It was ridiculous of them, you know, to, to talk about a drummer who died that way on stage. But I also get it. Um, he was probably very drunk, so he was probably, you know, he had a lot of alcohol in his system, I imagine, already. Jet fuel. Exactly. And uh, he was out there, and he was probably getting really hot from mm-hmm. playing the drums. There's a lot of friction from all the movement. So much friction. Like, I I get it. I get it. I, yeah. And more than one of their drums, because doesn't their drummer yeah, sound that was the exactly final show? Yeah, because that was exactly Before they Which get to. Which is really sad, especially when, I love the scene where he's, why he's in the bathtub giving an interview. I don't know, but I fucking love it. <laughs> Um, but if, he said he thought, you know, law of averages, he'd be all right. <laughs> and then just. I feel like he was like the Tommy Lee character, like the hot young drummer, <laughs> the tall, skinny, hot sure. young drummer. And then he, uh, what does he, he ask him, like, if rock, if rock and roll wasn't around, if you weren't doing this, oh, well, as long sex as I, and drugs are. Yeah, as long just, as I still have sex and fine. drugs. Yeah, that's plenty. Good. He doesn't need more. What is it? The guy's name is, is it Vic, the keyboardist? Sure, maybe. Vic, I had all their names written down. The one who just wants to have fun. What is it? All the day, it's every Mi- day, or something. It's Vic Savage. He says his credo is, um, it's "Have like a good time all the all time. the time." Yeah. yeah, which is, I mean, what more can you ask for? I don't know. I'm far too pessimistic and misanthropic to believe in something like that. I feel like everybody should be having a shit time most of the time. So, or you're not really living. <laughs> So some questions for you. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Would you go to see Spinal Tap Live? Yeah. And I think the mere fact that I have seen Steel Panther Live <laughs> should be evidence that I would see Spinal Tap Live as well, for sure. Would you want to see them now or maybe like mid-1984? Both. So you can compare and contrast. <laughs> like, I am jealous of all the people who got to see them. Did you read the IMDb trivia? Um, Some of it. It's... <laughs> One of the trivia said that the Gallagher brothers... I saw that. <laughs> ...went, and I don't know which is which, but, like, they went to see them, and they saw the opening band, who was, like, the folk music band. Yeah, like a Mighty Wind. was, and that one of the brothers was like, this is lame, and the other brother was like, dude, this is them, and then the other brother was, like, super bummed that they weren't a real what band. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true, but that's a pretty good trivia. I, dumb shit. They, this movie has 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, and... It's a classic. IMDb, you can't, you cannot rate it at more than ten, but the rating goes to eleven. Oh, which I, I didn't is, notice that. Yes, That's great. It's, it was in the trivia too, and then I looked, and it's like, I don't know, it's like a seven or an eight out of eleven, which I think That's is great. really cute. Um, who's hotter, Nigel or David? Nigel, hundred <sighs> percent. That's a tough one. For I gave me, it a lot but... of thought actually, um, really? it, it, whilst watching. Like, yeah. So you're okay that he's kind of a dummy. Yeah. Because he's hot. Because, again, he's not – I don't – he has a good heart, first of all. Sure, he does. He seems like a nice guy. And I don't think he's dumb dumb. I think he's just, you know, confused. As, you can put uh, up with As David bull- said. You can put up with his bullshit. And honestly, David's not very smart. He's he's kind of a dummy, too. I like – But he thinks that he is smart, which is the real, you know, kiss of death. What is – there's a moment where somebody at the end – I feel like it's in the final credits. Um, there's a moment where – He's asked about something and he starts talking and all that comes out of his mouth 
is fucking gibberish. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, let me see if I can find it. Um, so while I'm looking for that, we're a pair. They're a pair. Yes. Which one of us is Nigel and which one of us is David? Oh, um, wow. That's, I don't know. I was thinking a lot about that. I don't know that either of us are. I feel like you're smarter than Nigel. Yeah. Um, but I still think you're the Nigel. I think here's the one reason why I would think that that's true. <laughs> I am definitely more apt to stay in the background and wait for other people to fuck things up and then come around and be like, fuck you, I'm not doing this anymore, mm-hmm. which is more kind of what Nigel was doing, essentially. Right. Um, and I think that you... <laughs> you <laughs> Just let you, me have it. Just give it to me You straight. are probably more apt to take charge and fuck things up. <laughs> bring, so, bring along my astrological loving, astrological right, yeah. loving, astrology loving girlfriend who can take yeah, over the band. Yeah, and just be so certain that you know. Whereas I would be like, I'm 100% certain that I know, but I'm not going to necessarily shove it in everybody's faces. Yeah, whereas um, I would. Yeah. 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 So at one point a reporter asked, David St. Hubbins, if this is the end of Spinal Tap, and then he just says, and this is just complete bullshit. Well, I don't really think that the end can be assessed as of itself as being the end, because what does the end feel like? Mm. It's like saying when you try to extrapolate the end of the universe, you say, if the universe is indeed infinite, then how? What does that mean? How far is all the way? And then if it stops, what's stopping it? And what's behind what's stopping it? So what's the end, you know, is my question to you. You don't understand that? No, it doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense. sense. (laughs) It, it's absolutely it makes absolute sense <laughs> if we don't if we cannot clearly define the beginning how can we clearly define the end and how can we clearly define a beginning or an end if everything space and time what have you is in fact infinite if something is infinite there is no beginning and there is no end and therefore how could there be an end how could this be an end so i ask you what is the end i feel is like this the end that makes a lot more sense than what the fuck he just said oh well all right then so- as you, you just said <laughs> I and I believe this is true. I do believe we are smarter than both of them, <laughs> than both <laughs> Nigel and David. So, do you have a favorite Spinal Tap song? I I think just Stonehenge because I know it too. I feel like, and honestly, it's like it's an epic. You know how I feel about epics. Yeah. yeah. So I, I gotta yeah. What is it he says? He says he says. A long time ago, there were druids, and we don't know what they were. It was, it was a different race. We and... don't know who they were or what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's sort of true. <sighs> well, they left behind these big rocks. <laughs> For me, I feel like it's Big Bottom, and that's why I read the lyrics at the beginning of the, of the episode. Like, the, the lyrics are so perfect. They are, I guess, and maybe this is in part having being an adult watching it. Like, I like Fat Bottom Girls. Not Mm -hmm. like Fat Bottom Girls, but, you know, the The song. song. Um, So when I heard that, it was just kind of like, yeah, it's... uh." I mean, it's not a ripoff, of course. It's a spoof. Mm -hmm. But in listening to a quality, so to speak, song, it was like, Mm -hmm. I prefer Fat Bottom Girls. I liked Sex Farm a lot, too. I I really like the overt sexuality of all the songs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you do. I'm really happy. So speaking of overt sexuality... This is so what Bobby Fleckman has to say about the um the the album cover for mm-hmm. Smell the Glove. Yeah, which yeah. is a genius album name. The name of the album is incredible. It's so gross. you put a grease naked woman on all fours with a dog collar around her neck, and I love how she mimes the, yeah. the, the collar. 
and a leash, and a man's arm extended out up to here, holding onto the leash and pushing, putting, pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. You don't find that offensive? You don't find that sexist? No. <laughs> and then Ian says, you know, there's a little bit longer, and Ian's like, well, you should have seen the cover they wanted to do. It wasn't a glove, believe me. <laughs> um, I then- love that he goes, because she's like, what about the you know it doesn't it's not all about the album cover look at the white album and how many they sold so his his response to all of this is just to create the black cover <laughs> i love uh, it entirely black but you know what exactly. they but say. i can see my reflection in it he's he calls it a black mirror yeah which is yeah very interesting because the show black mirror it's based on the the cell the cell phone when it's or any computer or the screen when it's black you can see your own reflection mm-hmm. um so i'm wondering if that's where black mirror started I don't know. That whole concept of a black mirror? I don't know. But if so, thank you, Nigel. Yes, thank you, Nigel Tuff. See, I told you he wasn't that dumb. (laughs) He's an idiot. Couldn't be any more black? No, what was it? (laughs) None more black. None more black. (laughs) (laughs) It's so quotable. Like, in regular life, there's probably not a day goes by that I don't, but... I think the one, honestly, the one that made me laugh the most was that you can't dust for vomit. He does for vomit. Just when he, when they were saying he choked on vomit and that it was someone <laughs> else's, else's vomit, vomit, but we don't know who's because you can't dust for vomit. I, yeah, that was, I think, my favorite. Yeah. It could have just been... Also, how would you know it was someone else's vomit? <laughs> how do you even test for the, being someone else's? Like, if you find vomit in someone's mouth, you I feel like you should at theirs. first assume it's theirs. Yeah. I just, it could have been such a throwaway but it actually is a very good movie i i just can't i can't decide if i like it so much because of all the improvisation and all of the the great one the the great lines and the great moments or it's both it's also that it's such a it's such a good movie it's got a wonderful story and um did you see pop star is that um never stop yeah is that it what is it called it's yes i think i have seen it and i did really enjoy it it was i just feel like that was uh it's essentially the same movie of course never stop stopping no it's yeah pop star never stop stopping you found it yeah andy samberg do are you thinking of something else never stop never stopping that's what it is. Never stop, never stop. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did see it. It's I've actually seen it a couple of times. So then in that instead of seeing live, we do see a couple of live performances in that yeah. one, but you do the he does the music videos too, which are really really funny. Which is and cute. so it's just the next generation, right? Yeah, yeah. Tim Meadows is fat. Tim Meadows is amazing in everything, oh, but he's so really great in that movie. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other mockumentaries. I know that they did the mock like the tennis one. Samberg and somebody else. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it. But yeah. yeah. It all depends. It's it's true that there's a very fine line between stupid and clever. Mm-hmm. And that's that's mockumentaries mm-hmm. in general. So I mean, yeah, there are some that are great and some that are not. And I think the beauty of this and the genius of this is that it it easily comes across as a legitimate documentary. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, 100%, very yes. real. Yeah, they put and they put so much thought into it. I read too in the trivia that they so there were the four, Harris Shearer and Guest and McKean and um, Reiner were all credited as the writers, um, and they went to they wanted everybody else who was involved with all the improv to mm-hmm. be listed as writers as well, and they got turned down. Um, but it seems like they put a lot of I mean they had to have they, they've created a a real band with actual musicians and singers. Um, and really turned it into something. I'm, it's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. 
we watched the trailer the other day. I love that even the trailer is a joke. What is it? It's about a cheese festival in some foreign country. It's got Egg ba- Ed Bagley Jr. running around in some weird later hosen or some shit. Yeah. Pretty great. Um, Reiner's incredible in this. He's so good. Do we talk about Harry Shearer too? Yeah, go ahead. Do you like the outfits he wears on stage? I his, love him his so much. Sideburns. He's amazing. <laughs> um, and the fact that he's just there all the time, mm-hmm. just smoking his pipe, just being ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, everything he does, like he hardly says a word, but he's <laughs> just there. And I, I yeah, I, I love him so much. Doesn't and he, then doesn't he's, he, he refers to them at one point as like art, like visionaries, like Byron and Shelley. <laughs> yeah. Because they're, you know, we're really lucky to have these two visionaries and they're, they're poets. They're, they're poets like Byron and Shelley and those, those people. Um, also, the fact that he's Ned Flanders, which leads me to... Wait, he's Ned Flanders? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. That's how, you, that's how everybody of our generation knows him. No, I know him as Derek Smalls. Oh, The guy no. who puts a yeah. cucumber wrapped in aluminum foil in his pants. I love it. I gotta say, that was another thing that Jim and I were always doing. We're always like, woo wooing. <laughs> our crotches because we found that scene so amazing okay we were done okay yeah but so ned flanders yeah he's ned flanders um but i was just thinking about i can't remember the name what's the name of the the band oakley doakley oakley doakley ned flanders metal band you guys should check out oakley doakley oh they're so good they're so talented the lead singer is incredible and it Um, is it's very uh um Mockument. It's not a documentary, obviously. It's, I don't know, Mocky Music? If you like metal, metal? It's, it's, it's very, very, they're very talented um, musicians, and the singer is incredible. And then they sing the songs, the lyrics are about Ned Flanders. So, like, they're all the dressed as Ned is, Flanders. They're all dressed as, and one of the songs is like White Wine Spritzer, right. for example, is one of their songs. Um, what's the so one where great. they sing about the car? The car going? Which they, they actually did... Uh, I, they weren't actually on The Simpsons, but I think one of their songs was used as a closing for it. Yes. But Spinal Tap was on The Simpsons, too. Yes, I did. I did read that. Um, I didn't, you know, I never really watched The Simpsons. Oh, I don't understand. Um, I don't. Can you say that again? I didn't I catch never that. really watched The Simpsons. I mean, I knew who Bart Simpson was and I. I don't get it. Paid attention to I, it. What does but that mean? I, uh, I, I paid attention really to it. What does that mean? <laughs> Um, man, I wish I could think of the song of the car because it's really funny. Um, anyway, yeah, we saw, you saw Oakley Doakley opening for Max Sabbath. Yes. Speaking which, of parody. Yes. Which yeah. is a Black Sabbath parody band where all of the characters dress, or all the people, the band members dress like characters from McDonald's. The lead singer is right. Ronald but McDonald. But it's not actually McDonald's because I'm sure they don't have the licensing for that. Sure. So right. they're, they are slightly different. Right. And then they, um, their lyrics are about McDonald's. Sort of, yes. Sort Again, of. you don't have the licensing for it, but yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was great. Uh, Oakley Doakley is way better. I, they're incredible. That I want to see them every time they're in town. They were so good. The first time I saw them, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was so impressed. Yeah, yeah. You guys should check them out for sure. Um, if so you're into that sort of if thing, you're, if you're, in, you know what? No, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. You guys, no. Nope. <laughs> get out there and live your lives, and don't be just doing you know stuck in your lane get out of your lane sometimes and okay, well, sometimes that means you go to see use a, a metal use band. a turn signal though don't just <laughs> yeah use a turn signal let people know people you're off. let people know you're you're gonna be moving out of your lane but i do think it's good for people to get out and try new things and this is something i would recommend that everyone try oakley doakley they're still playing smaller venues you can get in there while the getting's good get in on the ground floor okay it's a lot of fun 
Just bring your earplugs because you don't want to hurt yourself. Yeah, sure. Don't bring earplugs to a rock show, by the way. <laughs> everybody, like all, everybody's wearing. I don't. I don't. I should because my ears ring because now. I'm a fucking adult and I like music and then you listen to it without earplugs in like a fucking pussy. <laughs> wow. You want to be a fucking pussy, fine. <laughs> no judgment here. No, I'm... No judgment. No, no no judgment. Would but. you watch a musical on Jack the Ripper called Saucy Jack? I would if Harry Shearer was involved. <laughs> saucy so. Jack. Oh, that goes Saucy Jack. <laughs> oh, he's so saucy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anything else about um, Spinal Tap that you want to talk about? I think I covered all my favorite parts. I almost left out the cucumber wrapped in aluminum foil. That's... A classic. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> it wasn't one of my favorites, but that's, I don't know. If I were with them, I would have been like, because are idiots. Did you, do you like that kind of music? I mean, I'm assuming you're into like a little bit of Black Sabbath and maybe Rush, Sticks. Did you like Sticks? Sure, absolutely. But not like Warrant or Poison or anything like that? Um, a little bit of Poison. I guess all of, all of that type of music kind of flows together for me. Like, it's not, none of those types of bands in particular really stood out as a band that I loved. I remember I had friends who were older um, who definitely loved Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Oh, I was in, in, yeah. obsessed with Ozzy and his solo career. Like, yeah. in the, oh my God, So yes. there was a lot of, and, and when I say older friends, I mean like I was six and they were ten, you know. Okay. So, um elementary school kids jamming out to black yeah, sabbath <laughs> it happens um yeah i uh i enjoy it all but it doesn't it's not it's not my favorite you know what i mean like i i i like it all mm-hmm. but none of them really stand out as the best of the best in my mind i think for me i it's so i downloaded digital copies of pyromania and hysteria the death leopard albums the mm-hmm. other day because i was just like really itch like it's the kind of music where it's funny when they're in the limo and the guy's like he's talking, he's about, talking frank about sinatra frank sinatra and yeah. how wonderful he is and i i <laughs> real affinity for that guy and he's like i didn't want to say this in front of them but this is all just a passing just a fad, fad. Just a I fad. Know. But I, he's not wrong <laughs> nigel rolling out the fucking barrier is so good but there that music will always be important to me um what what was and i'm sure we've talked about this before mm -hmm. but i don't remember off the top of my head but what was your first concert my first concert i don't know i went to a couple of things with my parents like i remember we saw like an elvis presley impersonator when i was really little i mean i fell asleep in my dad's lap um my first you guys harmonized to heartbreak hotel (laughs) (laughs) another good scene i know nigel's such an idiot it's like that's not that's not at all since my baby left me (laughs) no but that's not it (laughs) what was he saying you're doing like a like a reg a raga yes (laughs) a raga (laughs) it was good um i think my first real like i went with my friends um or your family i just mean actual like actual i think actual not like a impersonator see a lot of shows when i was a kid and i wouldn't have gone to a lot of things with my family so it was in probably like my freshman year of college me and my friend went to see better than ezra Mm, and i'm pretty sure the toadies opened for them i didn't know who the toadies were at the time but oh the lead singer was doing guitar card tricks on stage and i was like who the fuck are these people but i went for better than ezra because i was obsessed with them oh wow um, and I remember we got down and there was a little baby mosh pit. We were at the Blue Note in Columbia 
and I got kicked in the head, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Um, I saw Boy Sets Fire there. Who's that? Uh, Sounds like punk. Yeah, it was punk. Okay. So, yeah, so that was it. My my best college concert experience was Sound... Not Soundgarden, fuck. So, Chris Cornell, R.I.P., was on a solo tour to support his solo album, Euphoria Morning, which I have and I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, we. I really wanted to go. And my, did you scream at him to play Stonehenge? <laughs> I probably did. No, I probably hadn't seen Spinal Tap yet at that point. So I took my friend for her birthday. I got her a ticket and we went and we were like down in front. And he's singing all the songs from the album. And I'm like, yes, I'm loving it. But then at one point, the people he was playing with kind of left. And he was out on stage by himself, turned the lights down. And he just played him and his guitar, um, Fell on Black Days, mm-hmm. the uh, Soundgarden yeah, song. Yeah. And I was like, I fucking love you. I was just, I'm the person who's in the crowd, like, fantasizing about, like, one of the band members. And, like, I was so in love with him. So the best part of that concert was he, at one point, he was yelling us to, like, show our rock and roll. Like, we were throwing up our hands. Mm -hmm. Throwing up our hands and throwing up our hands. And then he jumped into the crowd to crowd surf. And he crowd surfed over us. And we both, like, touched his butt. And that was very important moment in my in my life and and still precious to me like we went back to the dorms and we were telling everybody we touched his butt yeah that sounds like you (laughs) so yeah um so and then more recently uh (laughs) melissa and i were in nashville to see the distillers who melissa loves and i had never seen and it was a very interesting show for me because i'd been to a lot of rock shows where the pit is like people running around and like jumping into each other but this was more like a punk rock crowd pit mm-hmm. where they were jumping up and like you're jumping up and down and there's crowd surfing and stuff and we were in nashville and we were i was we were in the back closer to the bar and i looked over and jack white was just standing there and i was like jesus christ Melissa, it's jack white she's like oh my god i was like oh and I went over and I said hello to him and shook his hand in the middle of the show. I yelled over the music. Like, basically, he's like, so oh, my God, it's so cool to see rude. you here. You're the best. And he shook my hand and he smiled at me. So, well, yeah, what's he going to do? Jack White, you're, you're, God bless you. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, those are some of my concert stories. I love going to shows. There's something about being in a crowd of people where the music's so loud, you can feel it in your chest and everything else just fades away and you're just like really living in the moment that's that's what I love about it and it doesn't have to be super loud but like the last tool show I was at I remember thinking like they need to turn this shit up yeah which I probably has to do with maybe some hearing damage that I have sustained but I doubt it so tell me about your first time at a show um my first real concert was Billy Joel it was so the far removed from my River experience. of Dreams tour. I hated that song. That was oh, I hated that song. I absolutely hated that song. But I love a lot of his other stuff. Um, and that was that was with my parents. You know, that was the first thing that they took us to, which was a huge concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fun. Like we, because they loved Billy Joel, it was always on in our house too. Where was it? It was at whatever it was back then, not Ameritrade or I think the it's Dome. Enterprise. It would have been the Dome, oh, America Center. Yeah, but I mean, no, it would have been the dome. The dome. Like okay. I think well, I was. Well, it's still the dome in America Center, I think. But the the place that it was has oh, been torn down. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, the dome that was the dome okay. that they the tore original down. dome. Yes. Yeah. Um. So long, long ago, and then I think the first concert that I went to just with friends was, no, you know, <laughs> the first one, again, a bit far removed, <laughs> um, was Chicago with Hall and Oates nerd i yeah it, it was good though it was nerd. great um but after that i mean aerosmith and we saw aerosmith Aero, i've never seen them i would love to oh, see them yeah i think three or four times i've seen them 
They were. Um, I love them. Love them. Yeah. Oh my god, they're so great. Crying. I just all the old stuff. Yeah. Sweet emotion. Yeah, which is my favorite. Sweet emotion's my absolute favorite. Um, yes. So Aerosmith was was awesome. (laughs) Speaking of hollow notes, if you guys want a good laugh, call the number seven one nine two six six two eight three seven. Call the notes. Just check it out. Sure. (laughs) You go right ahead. (laughs) You check it out. Were hollow notes good? Yeah, the two songs I knew. Mm-hmm. So Chicago, did they have like a... They had the full band. So, because we went to see um, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, and yeah. they had like... Yeah, full brass. The, the, and it was incredible. Yeah. Man, he was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he was great. Oh my God, he was great. <laughs> he's, he's coming back to town, I think. Yeah, well, he's from... I want to say St. Genevieve. He's yeah, from somewhere. Yeah, somewhere we now. actually saw him... When we went to see Jessica Lee Mayfield at Off-Broadway, he opened mm-hmm. for her. So, I know. Yeah. Which, that's another one of the best concerts, I think, that we had was, um, sure. well, no, I, yes, I loved them, mm-hmm. but uh, Florence and the Machine oh in, my God, in, in Nashville. Nashville. Oh. And it was a great show anyway, but the fact that we saw Billie Eilish before Billie Eilish mm-hmm. was really Billie Eilish, mm-hmm. like, that was awesome. She was awesome. But Florence, we were in like a huge stadium on yeah. the floor, and she got on the floor with people and was walking around. Yeah. It was incredible. She's amazing. Oh, God, I love her so much. I think for me, I I get most of my feels. For, there are songs, absolutely. There are songs that I really glom onto, but I've never been really into music, with the exception of those few performers and few songs that actually touch me. Like, it takes a lot for music to really get into me so I don't I'll go to concerts and I'll have fun but mm-hmm. I don't feel as strongly about it as a lot of my friends do oh man I will like every Florence in the Machine show I've been to I've cried yeah I don't think I I don't think I did <laughs> I, I, I mean it's really at like the last tool show I was at I went through a phase in high school where I was just a hundred percent obsessed with Jimi Hendrix everything that <laughs> he amazing. ever did like touched my soul um but there are so like it's few and far between people who and songs you know even the people whom I love a lot of times there's some stuff that's just kind of crap in there Mm. in the repertoire in my opinion because I'm a really judgmental person I guess (laughs) you love the Rolling Stones right I love the Stones yes and I would love to see them before they all die but who is it that if you met you would like lose your shit Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Yeah. Who apparently they based Nigel Tufnell's name, or no, is it Nigel Tufnell's name, off of Eric Clapton. It was like a boring first name in a place. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So they chose Nigel, and I guess Tufnell is someplace in, in Britain somewhere. Yeah. Like a street or something. So, but yeah, I think it's funny that Eric Clapton's your, <laughs> I would, you'd I like would lose 100% your shit. cry. I what would guarantee. I was telling you about a documentary I just watched. It was about like folk music in like yeah it was like the hate ashbury community um, yeah yeah and they were interviewing clapton during that yeah that one. i put it in my queue yeah i can't remember the name of it it was a really good it was yeah. a really good documentary they talked about the mamas and the papas and they were interviewed like david crosby's in there and um yeah it was it was a really good doc because i do watch documentaries mm-hmm. not the really awful ones like i'll never watch blackfish it's ever. so good though i can't i, I just mean it's can't. horrible it's too depressing but... Um, and I wa- there's this one, Dear Zachary. That one's really yeah. fucked up. Oh, yeah. That's, that was a rough that's one. Rough. Um, so, yeah. Like, I, I really want to see the Dawn Wall and yep. uh, Free Solo. I've, yeah. I've, I'm really wanting to see those. So, 
don't know if I'll be able to handle it. Um, I uh, the danger of it all. I just love. I don't know what it is about documentaries, but I love them so much. Is I mean, Ken Burns? I I made you. Yeah, I made you go and see Ken Burns with me. But that me. was awesome. That was a really great event. Yeah, it was. We were what was at the Two Hill. There were Vietnam vets there. Yeah. we honored them. It that was, was incredible. Like a promotional tour for Vietnam. It was and so it, great. I I just watched the last Full Measure yesterday, which the movie itself not great, but the mm-hmm. story great. Um, and now I just want to go home and watch all of Vietnam <laughs> all over again. They just, like, it was, the, the interview that they did with him was great, and they did show some clips, but I, I don't know. It just seems like it would be really depressing, and I just don't know. I think documentaries often are, because mm-hmm. they're typically about the most important things that have happened in life and history, mm-hmm. and sometimes those are happy, wonderful things, but oftentimes... They yeah. are sad because the things, it's the, the most more poignant things in right. the world. Right, the and things in life. that are going to change that, your life or change who you are. The right, that matter. yeah. Oftentimes yeah. they're war or sadness yeah. or death or, and it, it could be great happy things too. But mm-hmm. well, for some context about where I'm at in my life right now, it's you watched uh, <laughs> the whatever it was that you just said, the last measure. Oh, the last full measure uh, yeah. on Thursday night. I watched the which, Lord by the way, you guys <laughs> like the best. The best people, men over the age of sixty-five, are in this That's movie. That's right. You were. You said they were all the all of your favorite men over sixty-five, but for your dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the exception of my father. I mean, Sam Jackson, William Hurt. You said. Speaking of, if I ever met Sam Jackson, I think I'd probably cry. It would be like a sad, scary mix of laughing and crying. Mm-hmm. But I think I probably would cry. How many? William Hurt, Ed Harris, Christopher Plummer. Christopher. It's a shame that the movie itself wasn't better because mm-hmm. man, it had just the Some greatest. Amazing guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, sorry. You, oh, you, you I, wa- watched I watched The Wedding Singer for like the 50th time and I, it just like <laughs> makes me so happy. And like thinking about like the kind like hair bands and that kind of music and he, it's the 80s and the, he's, you know, singing. That's funny. That kind of stuff. My, my day yesterday was sandwiched <laughs> between The Last Full Measure, which is about these guys who are trying to get their friend who had died in Vietnam to be reconsidered for the Medal of Honor. So, mm-hmm. you know, a tough yeah, watch. a rough one. And then this is Spinal Tap, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and from there, I went on to watch a few more episodes of the final season of The West Wing, mm. including the episode where Leo McGarry dies. I don't know who the, who's Leo McGarry. Leo McGarry was chief of staff for the majority of the, um, the West Wing. Mm-hmm. And then the character had a heart attack. So he could no longer be chief of staff. And then, so he the final real, season, the final season is um, all about the election. So we're eight years mm-hmm. in, seven technically. And um, and he was actually the VP candidate. And yeah, they were maybe halfway, I don't think it was even quite halfway through that season when John Spencer, who plays Leo McGarry, died mm-hmm. of a heart attack. And it was so heartbreaking. And I knew it was coming. Like I knew it was coming that obviously the, that the character would die Mm -hmm. as well and he died on election night Mm -hmm. and it was just and it was the fact that it's it's (laughs) real life you know repeating art with art repeating after Mm -hmm. that you know the character had a heart attack john spencer had a heart attack the character then has another heart Mm -hmm. attack but the whole time you're watching it you know that it's real too Mm -hmm. and these people all worked together for eight years they were close yeah they were a team so anyway, that was, yeah, that's a big difference between us. I, I embrace, like, the depressing movies and TV and everything. I like to be happy. There's a great moment in The Wedding Singer when oh, Sandler is singing this really heartfelt song. It's when uh, Drew Barrymore's character selects one of the little boys to dance with. And um, he, uh, 
he sings the song and it's super cute. It's the one where everybody's grabbing everybody else's butts while they dance. You know that part, right? It's not ringing a bell. Anyway. I've only seen it like maybe once or twice. Okay. And anyway, at the end of the song, he winks at Drew Barrymore and then he kind of turns around mm-hmm. and it's almost a perfect impersonation of, um, I feel like it's Warren's uh, Heaven. That video, there's in, part in the video where Janie Lane the lead singer winks at the camera and kind of turns away. Okay. And I just love it so much. Yeah. And I love Adam Sandler. Like, that's that's somebody I would want to hang out with, you know? Um, so, yeah. I just, he's so amazing in that movie. I'm in love with Robbie Hart. <laughs> I want to be Mrs. Robbie Hart instead of Mrs. Julia Gulia. Um, Mrs. Glenn Gulia. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Julia's last name's going to be Gulia. Yeah, what's so funny about that? all right anything else about the final tap no no all right well um okay well this was a good conversation i'm glad you liked it i hope you watch it again someday i own it now so if you want you know like we can watch it cool um so yeah i guess uh that's all i have to say about this uh except for maybe this podcast goes to 11 and uh we'll see you guys later Hey people, this is Leah. I've been thinking about Winger a lot ever since we recorded this episode. Y'all remember she's only 17, right? Or it's 17. 17 is the name of the song. Um, You know, daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. Is that is that the lyric? Uh, Yeah, I miss Winger. Bring back Winger. Come back to us, Winger. Uh, Anyway. This was a lot of fun, this episode. I really enjoyed talking about Spinal Tap. It really, truly is one of my favorite movies. Um, I'm so glad I got to share it with Lindsay. Um, It was a lot of fun talking about rock music um, and the bands that we like and the shows that we've been to. Uh, That song that Lindsay loved so much at the Steel Panther show uh, is Fuck Everybody. And the lyric uh, that she really dug into was, Fuck everybody, everybody can suck my dick. Uh, so I walked out onto the floor, and she was out there yelling along <laughs> with the band. Uh, first time she'd ever heard it, and uh, she picked up on that lyric pretty darn quick. Um, Oakley Doakley, the song that I couldn't remember is I Can't, It's a Geo, which is another great song by them. They're actually going to be in St. Louis on uh, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, and I will be there. So I'd love it if you'd meet me there and we can enjoy them together. Y'all get out of there, get out of your lane and come see Oakley Doakley with me. They are incredible. So talented. Um, so yeah, again, lots of fun this episode. Glad you guys came to listen again. Um, wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the other places, please subscribe rate us and we would love it if you would write us a review um you know whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it is we definitely want to hear from you um ratings wise and reviews wise you can also find us on twitter at movie virgins pod so you can please engage with us there we'd love it if you give us a follow we'll follow you back um and yeah for next week so it is oscars night i haven't been watching but i have been sort of following along on twitter Dear Sweet Brad Pitt won for Best Supporting Actor for um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's pretty exciting. Parasite won for Best Original Screenplay. Also super exciting. I'm not sure yet who's going to win for, um, they haven't announced obviously Best Picture yet, um, but I have a sneaking suspicion what movie might win. Um, And because of that, Lindsay and I are planning a very special episode for next week. 
um, we're planning on recording on 1917. So if everything goes to plan, we'll be releasing that episode hopefully next weekend. Um, so I really hope they win. I was, I've, that's the movie that I have seen and Lindsay has not. And I'm pretty stoked, uh, for them, um, this Oscars night, this Oscars Eve. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks again for sticking around and listening. Um, we love you guys. We really appreciate, appreciate you. And, uh, hope to see you back here again soon. One last thing. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers. 